Welcome and thank you for joining us here at Life Central again today. If you would like to know more about who we are or what we're all about, please feel free to reach out to us on social media or for more information, you can connect with us through our website. We really hope and trust and believe that this message will be significant for your daily life. Have you ever had a bad experience with church? I met a young man the other day and he's had some really, really rough experiences with church. He was a sincere seeker, just looking to figure out what faith is and, 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 and his journey of faith. And he went to a few churches actually. And, and every time it was like he didn't quite fit their mold of member. And so he was very politely, but very definitely kind of squeezed to the side every single time and it hurt him over and over and over again uh, i don't know if this explains your experience of church or, or maybe you've had a worse one i've also had some bad experiences with church growing up i was past halfway through primary school before i first went to church um, it was my best friend's mom who said to us hey won't you guys help me out on sundays at at children's church I, she needed a piano player he could play the piano um and and i could carry stuff and so we were the perfect match and the perfect fit for what she needed it was actually just a good scheme on her side to get us to church on sundays for me, it was a good deal. I could see my friend for another day. Yeah, there was a little bit of work and I had to cut, a, cut out a few Jesus pictures, but that's life. I can live with that. It was actually amazing thinking back how much I learned about God and about His love for us through sitting through Sunday school for, for, for many, many Sundays. But I realized back then uh, that there was always this barrier between the kids' church and the big church. There was always uh, this feeling of inferiority that you, you, you're never quite going to be part of the gang. Uh, you're good enough to work with the kids. You're good enough to help us out over there. But you're not going to fit in with us. I never got to be ministered to by the ministry team. I never got to do communion with the rest of the church. I was always a second grade citizen uh, when visiting that church. And it, in my mind, in a very formative time of my life, I thought that, hey, this is just it. There's always going to be this wall between me and God and me on the one side and his people on the other side and me on the one side and his church on the other side. I think this kind of explains a lot of people's experience once again. And maybe you've had even a rougher experience of what church is like. I have to say that, that God found me through a very unconventional way. It was outside of church. It was outside of a Sunday. It was outside of the normal church people. It was actually these, this bunch of hooligans, I want to say, who loved Jesus, but didn't fit the mold of church in my town that broke through to me and, and shared the message of Jesus' love with me. And that changed my life forever. 
So I thank God for that every single day. But I want to say that Jesus' plan with the church was, was never a, a passive, aggressive, judgmental click that would just keep everybody at arm's length because they are better than everybody else. You see, Jesus is first quoted using the word ecclesia. Uh, this means gathering. Ecclesia means uh, an assembly of, pe- of like-minded people. And, and so in Jesus' mind, it's an assembly of believers, assembly of his followers. So church is not a place. Church is a people in Jesus' mind. Uh, there's no looking down on this. There is just knowing who Jesus called and, and what they are gathering for. Um, so Jesus' plan was never for the church to be aware, never to be a geographical location. But Jesus' church was always a who, a, a people, a person, a, a someone to interact with. And so Jesus, is, Jesus uses this word in a, in a very powerful interaction with his disciples. It's, it's in Matthew 16, and Jesus is traveling like he often does. And, and Jesus asks a tough question to his friends. He says, hey, who, does, who do people say that I am? And they answer him, and they say, some people say that you're John the Baptist. Some people say that you're Elijah. Other people say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets come back to life and speaking to us today. Jesus then goes and he asks a very pointed and possibly even more difficult question. He asks his disciples, okay, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And they answer him like this. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not to reveal to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus gets the answer that he was hoping for. He gets this confession of faith that he is the Messiah, the Savior, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And and he says to Peter that he will build his church. He's gathering his assembly, those people who get together. He's going to build those people on that very confession. Wherever people meet together in his name, with that confession in mind, that's the church for Jesus. And, And so he says to them, that this is the cornerstone of this gathering. And, and, more imp- and equally important, he, he shares this detail that not even the gates of Hades, not even death itself will overcome this gathering. In other words, it doesn't matter who may, how many people die, it doesn't matter who dies, this thing, this movement that he is starting, it's going to grow with a momentum that is gonna be unstoppable. Why? Because he is building that gathering. He is building that movement. He is building that 
church. And so the church was birthed around this simple idea, around this simple message that Jesus is the Savior. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the people who join together, meeting together, well, they want to do things God's way. They want to they live out everything that Jesus said. So for Jesus, church is obviously not a building. Uh, it was not about any of the things that people had made it. Uh, later on, people made it about traditions. People made church about robes and paintings and clothes and people and, and all kinds of other things, even geographical locations. And that's not for a moment what Jesus meant for the church to be. No. Now, Jesus meant for it to be a movement, to continue to be a movement, to be centered around this confession that he is the Messiah, he is the Savior, he is the hope of the world, the Son of God. And that the people who gather together in his name do things his way. And that things change, that the world changes because of it. You see, it's not long after this, not long after Jesus uh, speaks to his disciples around this, that he is crucified and that he dies and that the thing happens the reason happens why we even still talk about it today and that's the resurrection you see if jesus didn't raise from the dead uh, there would be no apostles there would be no church there would possibly not be no no new testament bible uh, there would be none of those things because of the resurrection because jesus not only predicted it but pulled it off because God raised him from the dead and there was a whole bunch of witnesses to this that's why you and I are here today that's why you and I speak about Jesus today that's why there's so many Jesus followers so many people know that what he says is the truth and his word changes things in our lives after his resurrection uh, he hung out with his followers for 40 days uh, he gathered all these witnesses together on a, on a mountainside and he, and he had one more thing to say to them. Uh, in Matthew, he gives them the Great Commission. In the book of Acts, Luke records that he gives them some final instructions. And uh, in these final instructions, he predicts the beginning of the church. He predicts the beginning of this movement, this gathering that's going to draw people of all shapes, sizes, creeds, colors from all over the world. And he says to them that, hey, you guys, this hundred people, this uh, kind of stuck together bunch of people who, 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 who are in love with each other, who, have, who are good friends. Well, you're going to be the start of it, but you're going to be so much more and, and you'll see it happen as it unfolds. Jesus' disciples are, are excited that something good's going to happen, but they're not quite sure what they're in for. And so they ask him uh, an interesting question. In Acts 1 and verse 6, they, they say, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel, uh, the kingdom to Israel? 
You see, they weren't quite thinking church because they'd never been church. They'd never been this gathering of people of many cultures and, and many languages and many anythings. All they understood was a, a, a Messiah, a, a person that's going to come and restore a kingdom to their people. And so they're inquiring, Jesus, when is this going to happen? Jesus replies, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now they're thinking, hey, power, power is a good thing. I like power. I can do it. There's going to be a special power. What do I do with this special power? Well, Jesus goes on and he tells them, he says, and you will be my witnesses. Now, witnesses there uh, means pretty much what we think when we think witnesses. It means someone who uh, testifies in a court of law, somebody who is expected to give a good representation of events that happen, to give a good representation of a person, to tell other people what this person said. And so, Jesus continues again, and he says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. This is where they were. In Judea, which was their broader area, it was their region. And Samaria, now this is a place that they really didn't like to go. And to the ends of the earth. Now again, I don't know what these disciples were thinking, but imagine with me for a moment. You are standing out in the open on a hillside with Jesus, this man who Rome had crucified, uh, the religious le leaders like hated him. He raised from the dead and now he's telling you that you're gonna take this message, uh, everything that he's ever said to you, this, this message around his death and resurrection, and you're gonna share this with the entire world. Uh, the entire world is those people who hate him, who killed him, and, and, and who are not excited about him being alive and, and him telling other people about what's going on. And so I can only imagine that they're going, um, Jesus, I don't, I don't want to tell this message to, to a lot of people. Honestly, it's really cool and you've changed my life. But I don't want to. I don't know if I want to tell the people in the city. I don't know if I want to tell the people in the region. I I don't like Samaria. My mom told me never to go there, and now you're saying that I'm going to tell the people in Samaria and then the ends of the world. I don't even know how big the world is. Jesus, these disciples definitely had some big questions and some interesting concerns. Jesus here prophesies that this gathering, this movement, this momentum that he's created is going to touch every single corner of the globe. And it is exactly what happened. This is one of the most significant prophecies in the Bible because right after this, we're going to look at it now, Jesus', Jesus words come true and it's still coming true every single day. Uh, it is coming true right now. You and I are in church. We are gathered together. Uh, we believe that Jesus is the Savior, the Son of the living God. And, and, and we believe that we want to do things His way. So we, through a digital medium here, are connected and we are 
church. It is an amazing thing. So right after this, right after this prediction, Jesus departs and he leaves his followers to to go back to Jerusalem. Uh, He told them to wait, to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And so they gather and they pray and tomorrow they gather and they pray and, and it goes on for about 10 days. Now, 10 days later is pretty significant. It's, it's another Jewish festival happening in Jerusalem. Uh, it is the festival of Pentecost. Um, it, it's much like the festival of Passover that happened just two months before. And, and, and Jews from all over the globe, from all over the known world, travels towards Jerusalem to come and celebrate this festival with like-minded people and, 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 and uh, people who has adopted this Jewish faith, they join with. And, and, and so everybody comes from all kinds of places, speaking all kinds of languages, uh, in all kinds of places where Jesus' hundred followers haven't ever been before, haven't even imagined before, haven't even heard of before. And on the day of Pentecost, uh, 10 days after Jesus went back to heaven, God pours out his Holy Spirit on these hundred or so believers gathered together in a room and they're praying together and, and, and it happens that the Holy Spirit manifests in a way where these guys are enabled to speak all kinds of languages and they can convey this message that Jesus is the Savior, the Son of the living God, and He has changed everything in their lives. They can share this message with every single person from every single place all across their known world at this moment. And so it is amazing and it's confusing all at the same time. And it's in the middle of this confusion and amazement that Peter gets up and he he says to them and he clarifies to them that this is exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. In fact, it's exactly what what, what the prophets told us was going to happen. And, and what's so amazing about Peter speaking to the folks there, it is, it, is, it is saying to people who, a lot of them were there two months ago at the Passover where, where, where Jesus was crucified. And when Peter here says, hey, you remember Jesus? They go, yeah, I remember Jesus. He, he, he spoke in the temple and, and he healed that person on the steps. Uh, and there was this whole incident with him throwing over tables in, in the temple court. And, and there was this big hoopla when, when he rode into, into the city on, on the back of a donkey and everybody was singing. Uh, yeah, I remember Jesus. And, and Peter says to him, well, you were witnesses to this Jesus, and now we can share with you the good news of his resurrection. He says this to them. He says, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles and wonders and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen. His prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed with the help of lawless Gentiles who nailed him to the cross, uh, to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. 
So here, Peter is literally sharing the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus with them. And he continues and he says, God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as has as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out on us, just as you see and hear here today. So Jesus, or Peter here, is saying that, hey, Jesus has received the Holy Spirit from God. He was, he was raised from the dead. He is at the right hand of God. He has received the Holy Spirit. And he has poured out the Holy Spirit here on us so that we can be witnesses to you, so that you can be witnesses to your people and and tell of the wonderful thing that God has done here in Jerusalem. You see, he says to them, you you guys can go. Remember what Jesus said? You guys can go back home and, and, and share it in Jerusalem. And you guys can go back home and you guys can share it in, in Judea. In, in our region and you guys can go home and you can go and share it in the places where my mom told me not to go and you guys can go home and share it in the places that I would have never even got to you get to be Jesus's witnesses he continues and he says so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you, to your children, and to those far away, and all who have been called by the Lord our God. And this is the start of the church. And this is exactly what we try to be or who we try to be as the church, as the gathering of Christ. We try to be good witnesses. We try to be good representations. You see, at their starting point, they would identify with Jesus through baptism. And and these people after being baptized they would go back home and and they would go and turn their world right side up because they were witnesses to this they saw jesus when he was in jerusalem they probably saw the crucifixion crucifixion some of them probably stood in pilate's court and shouted crucify him crucify him And that's why we have Gospels today. That's why we have the Bible today. That's why we have a New Testament today. It's because of these eyewitness accounts. Because these people went to the ends of that known earth and they shared church. They shared Jesus with the people around them. You see, uh, when they realized this truth, thousands joined that day and when we realize that truth, we want to join too. Because there is a difference that's made by the fact that Jesus is our Savior. He, he bridges the gap between us and God. He is God's Son and God is now our Father. And, and we gather together and we say, hey, we want to do things God's way because 
man, we just see things work better when we do it His way. And when we live our lives that way, we change the world, the city, the town. Let's be honest, we change ourselves and our houses first. And then this world looks a little bit better, doesn't it? And that was the hope that Jesus had for the church. That was the prophecy that he had when he said, and you will be my witnesses. You see, this movement of Jesus lives by a mission. And this mission is, is simple, but it's loud and it's clear. It's to love God, to love others, and to make a difference. You see, this movement is, is, contributes to God's kingdom rather than consumes. It contributes by serving with the gifts that God has given it, by, by being a blessing in every single corner, in, in the places where they are seen and in the places where they aren't seen, and, and making a difference wherever they go. These people, uh, they hope by them serving, they would give somebody else an opportunity to know God, to find freedom, to discover their purpose, and to go on and, and make a difference in, in their lives, in their house, in their workplace, in their world. And so that's the way that church is supposed to be. Jesus told us to be the church. Uh, I'm, I'm rushing now because, man, I'm, I've got, I'm so excited about this. But Jesus told us to be the church, to be something. Is an, it's an interesting little word because how do we be something? It, to be means to exist, to have being, to have existence, to live, to be alive, to have life, to breathe, to draw breath. It, it means for things to occur or take place. I realize that as the church, we so often get so caught up in doing church that we forget to be the church. And we forget to love God and love others and make that part of our being. And when we make that part of our being, we're going to make a difference in this world. And that's where a lot of people get hurt, is when we confuse what Jesus told us to do, who Jesus told us to be. So it's important to remember today that the church is not a place. No, the, the church is a people. And these people gather with the idea that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. He's the Son of the living God. And Jesus has launched this movement, this multiplying gathering of people, uh, people who live by His commands, who love those outside, and loves those outside, and loves those outside, until those outside knows that they are loved on the inside, and they want to be inside, and then they want to start loving those on the outside. And that's a simple explanation of what church is, but in that way, a whole lot of less people gets hurt around the gathering of God's people. So what are your next steps? Well, there's two places where we can be today. The one is where we're saying that, what do I do to follow Jesus? Well, repent. Turn from following your own way and, and follow God's way. Be baptized. Uh, identify with Christ in His death and His resurrection. 
And, and, and then when you are raised to this new life, then when you become this new person, join a fellowship, join an assembly of God's believers, join a church of people and love God, love people and make a difference. The second place where we can be is I want to invite you to join us, to join us, to be part of this movement. Sign up for something like Growth Track as you are part of the church, as you are part of this fellowship of, of believers. Join us for something like Growth Track where we, where we help you to know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose and to make a difference in this world because that is just what the church is supposed to do. That is what Jesus had in mind when he prophesied, you will be my witnesses. Because when we know God, when we find his freedom, when we discover our purpose, our reason for being in life, then we start making a difference and then we are accurate representations, good witnesses of what he has done. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that we can be here together today. Lord, I thank you for the message that you have for us, Lord. I thank you for the strings that you have pulled in our hearts, Lord, and, and, and the things that you are drawing our attention to. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that you will help us to be accurate representations of you, that in everything that we do, people see you first, so that they have to spend very little time with us before they find the hope of the world in us. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.